Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining us again here on Cafecito con Conciencia. Today we have a very special episode for you to talk about politics and why voting matters. And today we have a special guest with us, Estuardo. And as, as usual, you have me today introducing Leonardo. And then we have our guests, as usual, David and, and Susie. So the guiding question for today is, let's start with why does voting matter? Yeah, all right, cool, cool. Uh, what's up, everybody? How's it going? I'll just introduce myself. My name is Estuardo. I've been a community organizer uh, for 13 years uh, all throughout California. And also been doing, like, uh, for the past two years, doing some worker organizing uh, with the janitors union um, here in California as an external organizer. So I've been doing a lot of uh, a lot of outreach for a very long time around propositions and local elections and electoral politics in general. And honestly, to me, I mean, voting matters. It's the baseline principle, right, of getting our voices heard. Uh, it's a structure that's definitely there, right? Um, and if it's going to be, there's going to making it's going to be, you know, making decisions along the way. And if we aren't engaged in that structure, then we're missing an opportunity to represent our interests as the community. Uh, in a very basic way. It's not the only way and it's not the ultimate way, but it definitely is important to get heard in this way. Yeah. And I think um, if you were to ask me, Leo, this question, maybe like a couple of years ago, I honestly would be like, nah, voting doesn't matter because things don't change. You know, uh, that was me back in like uh, thinking as a college student, you know, thinking I was like, oh, no, like, fuck the government, you know, nothing like they won't support our communities. Um, but I, honestly, that, you know, to admit, that's like a very ignorant way of thinking, you know, even though I, I thought I was like very conscious of what, you know, was happening. But I, um, but I think now this question is very important because um, there's just so much at stake with the elections coming up in 2020. Um, and it's just like, and I know we'll get into that, but voting matters because, we have our communities have so much to lose if we don't show up, right? If we don't show up to the polls, um, and I think uh, we're gonna get into some props and like maybe just again just kind of brainstorm how do we get our you know our people who are listening, you know, our people who live in our communities, whether that's in South LA, Compton, um, in the Valley, in LA, Ventura County, everywhere, right? How can we get our folks to come out? Because uh, I'm looking at like some data right now, and it's just very interesting that for the past uh, for like about maybe for the past 20 years, the lowest group that goes out to vote is actually uh, the years between 18 and 29 years old. So the age group that show up the least amount to our polls are for young folks from starting from the age of 18 all the way to 29 years old. So I think um, if anything, this covers us, you know, this age group, we fit, I think some of us fit in that little age group. And I think you know, why are we talking about this now? And I think it's like, it's very important that we do talk about it because uh, our folks, you know, our colegas, our peers are not showing up. And I think we need to, you know, it's very important that we do. Uh, for me, personally, you know, just just growing up in, in, in South Central, I was, I don't know. I think uh, the more I reflect on it is during that time I wasn't organizing, I wasn't doing much, you know, I was just, you know, just a youngster. And and later on, you know, as I started doing all that work in the community is like I started learning about how the system is set up, the system is is running, how the system is, you know, just 
functioning, you know, and it's doing what it's meant to be doing, right? So later in the years, I was like, man, voting doesn't work. Voting doesn't solve anything. Voting does not help our people. Voting does not fix anything, right? And so I've always, personally, I've always believed that this current system that we have in place is not a is not a representation and it does not benefit our people, right? Um, and I definitely don't believe in the two-party system. And, you know, I, I think go organizing with folks, it just diverted my, my beliefs into like, all right, you're, you're a leftist, right? You're a left, you're a left. We don't believe in capitalism. We don't believe in, in the current system that we have. We don't believe in the Democrats. We don't believe in the Republicans, right? But now, you know, I want to say that, I, that I'm a free thinker. Is like I'm thinking for myself is like, you're right. The system doesn't work for us, but we need to vote because there are propositions on the ballot that are going to shape our our communities, that are going to shape the way we live. And, and they're obviously going to affect us. So even though the system does not represent us, they're still using it to make everyday changes to the way we live and the way we just go about things. So I've always heard people, you know, say, well, you know what? I'm not into politics. I'm not into politics. You know, I don't like voting. I'm not into politics. And that's cool. If you're not into politics, all right, you know, it's it's, it's your your call, your choice. But politics is so into you, right? And we're seeing it on these propositions. And and Susie, like you mentioned, we're going to be talking about just a few of these. uh, And we have, you know, Estuardo here with us who's going to be talking about a couple of them también that he's passionate about. So we're really excited about that. And, you know, I, I am going to talk about, you know, just a few things that I'm seeing on, on my ballot. I got my voting ballot through the mail. So I think it's a, it just comes in handy today for this episode. So, but yeah. When you bring a good point up as in the sense that uh, voting does matter. Uh, growing up from my experience was that when I was in elementary school, middle school, I, I didn't know what voting was. I was like, oh, that's just for the, the adults. That's what they do, you know? And I mean, I wasn't at the age, obviously, but I just thought that was like, okay, I, I guess that's going to be something I'm going to do. But how, how do I know how do, where does the results go and all this and that? But, you know, it's it's it's, it's the thing that you people might say, oh, it, it doesn't affect me directly. It's not like t- tapping me on my shoulder constantly. Yeah, it might not tap you on the shoulder every single day, but it affects people around you and it affects the Let's say the prices of the produce that you buy at the store. It affects the prices of rent that you pay um, every month. It affects those utility bills that you pay. It's it's it, it it all combines and connects it at one point. So that argument people say, oh, it doesn't affect me or something like that. It it does. It really does. And it's really important to like you like you said, David, that yes, the system doesn't work um, the way that we we would want it to, but it's just important that we participate. Um, and give a voice for those people who are not able to vote and those who are definitely go out and show your representation and mark and select that person that you you prefer or the prop that you prefer for either yes or no definitely so we're definitely not going to sway your vote you know to 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 the left or to the right or to the center we're not going to you know tell you hey vote for this proposition because cafecito con conciencia endorses it right we're not you know but we're, we are going to share some personal opinions 
of, of what we think about the political system and some of the some of these propositions that are on the ballot. So, yeah, I think one thing, too, is just like in terms of what you guys have just already put out there, um, which for, for a lot of our folks, it's been pushed that like we shouldn't be engaged in it. Right. We shouldn't we shouldn't vote. Um, I, I think I personally think that, like, you know, you're kind of especially if you have the quote unquote privilege, which I think everybody should have. If you are in this country, you should have a privilege to vote locally at the national level, at the state level. That's just me, though. Like if you're in here, you should have a, a voice, basically. Right. Um, and that's one of the things that like, I definitely understand, like for people that can't vote. Also, there's a feeling which is like, fuck you guys. Like, even if I could, I'm not going to vote because you don't think I'm I'm deserving of one. And that's how I felt for a little bit, like, as well. Uh, I was undocumented, though, right, for most, well, not most of my life. I, I finally was able to be documented when I was, like, 16. I didn't get to vote until I was, at the last election was my first vote. Um, after 13 years of organizing in the community. So I couldn't, right? I couldn't. But I understood the understood the anger as well. Like, you know, but even through that, though, I always engaged. That was my way of voting, which was like going out into the community and talking to people. I couldn't get out the vote. I couldn't actually put a vote in, but my whole thing was like, I'm going to get as many people to vote as possible. And, but it's hard though, guys. Like, I understand how people feel, you know? Like, not voting is also a vote. You say that. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like, fuck you guys. Like, I don't want to partake in any of this, which is also a stance and I respect it. Right. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to. At that point, it's my job as somebody that believes that voting is correct to convince this person. I get mad. Right. And I don't like I understand where you're coming from. I get it. Yeah, it is. Fuck the system. But that's why we have to vote. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I get it. I get it. And I think sometimes I think a lot of reasons why people, you know, going back to like, um, people are, I'm not into politics or I think, unfortunately, like when there's just been so much, like it get, politics just gets messy. Right. And then there's some folks that are really, really, really knowledgeable about politics and the judicial system and all of this. And someone who might not know that you feel a little like, you know, you feel kind of like embarrassed. Who wants to acknowledge that they, you don't know how you're the country that you live in. You don't know how it runs. You know, like no one wants to acknowledge that. And then when you are talking to someone who is like knows how seats run, how like, uh, you know, just like how everything else is run by like, again, the two tier system and like libertarian and how votes, the electoral vote happens, like, you know, it's intimidating. Right. So I think that's something that I think what we're doing now is like, I, I think it's really good because like we are able to, I think a lot of people are just always seeking for information, right? Again, we're not trying to like force people to vote a certain way, but I think a lot of times they're just misinformation. And, and you know, like if our parents are watching Univision or Telemundo or anything like that, that's mainstream like that, they are for sure not representing, you know, the true propositions or like the true feelings of like, you know, they're representing mainstream corporations that are, that they get, you know, that pay their paychecks, right? So, um, so I, I think, Eduardo, you're, you know, bringing up a good point. I think, you know, what props do you have uh, on your, you know, that you're advocating for that you think it's, like, very important for folks to, you know, to to learn about? Like, to me, something you said was, like, definitely uh, the hit home, which is education, uh, political education is important, 
right? Like, I know, David, you've gone through different curriculums, if you want to say it uh, in that way, right? Like, you got taught different ideologies. I'm sure y'all have too, Susie and Leonardo and Leo. Um, and, you know, having a base level of, of, of where you stand, your ideals and your values is really important. And then educating yourself every year as it comes along. Uh, but that takes a lot of investment, right? And that takes investment at multiple levels, uh, public school, like high school, elementary, middle school. But you should be getting um, taught how this works from a very early age to be able to understand it. And we just simply don't. It's uh, it's an investment that they miss, just like they miss investing in science and different things that are super important for us to understand the world. This is super important for us too, like a very concrete, very step-by-step way of how laws happen, what laws are important that apply to us, how we can engage in that system in a very thoughtful way from a very early age. But we don't simply do that. And then it continues as we get older and it gets replaced with uh, misinformation. So it gets replaced with like actual information that's important to us, gets replaced, like we don't get taught that information and then we get misinformed. And then we either say, fuck the system or we vote in a way that doesn't, you know, work for us, our interests, right? So it's a way that they use ignorance and like miseducation and uh, get, to get people disinterested in voting. It's a big thing. Like that's what the Democrats do, and that's what the Republicans do, right? I think they both the they, there's times where I've seen it. They're like the less of these people show up to vote, the better, right? And let's miseducate in this way. I would say the Republicans do it a lot fucking more, a lot fucking more, right? I would say that for sure. The Democrats do it when it's like different shit. Like, you know, when it went down with Bernie, they were trying to misinform people about Bernie and what he stands for and play that same fucking game. So it's like a power thing, you know, but it's bullshit. I think that everybody should educate themselves around politics. But uh, going into the propositions, definitely this year, um, you know, uh, with everything that's going on, but here locally uh, in California, I'm, I'm definitely supporting Yes on 15, um, which is a proposition that will create a split road tax on property taxes, which is, this started like in 19, the 1960s. So this shit's a trip. This is exactly how this shit dictates our life, right? Check this out. In the 1960s, 1970s, you started seeing the browning of California. You know, you started seeing a switch, a switch in uh, demographics, right? California was like a very strong white state, 40s, 30s, 50s. There was always Mexicans and stuff like that, but it wasn't like the whole Latin America coming through. It wasn't folks from Asia coming through. It wasn't Africa. It was just like a browning or coloring of California that started occurring, you know, early on. And it's always been here, right? Obviously, right? This is native land. And I truly believe that. But, you know, the populations were hella white. 70s, you started seeing a browning of California. Around 79, they're like, wait, hold the fuck on. White people really got smart on this shit. They were like, how can we keep all this wealth that California has or ourselves? Corporations use that as well. Because at the time, California was number one in uh, public education, number one in public universities. There were, in terms of public education, we were like the cream of the crop of the world. We had the best system publicly. And there was a browning of the state that was occurring. So all these like middle class and upper class white folks and corporations that were controlled by white people, but how do we keep that concentration of power and control of education? We have to defund it, right? So they created this thing called Prop 13 that froze property taxes 
at that year. But for homeowners, they sold it for homeowners who were mostly white at that point and corporations. There was two tracks, right? For homeowners, they said every time a house gets sold, it's going to increase in property value to whatever that year is. So as houses were sold, homeowners kept getting more and more of the property tax like pressure on them to pay for everything, schools, et cetera. Corporations found a loophole on Prop 13 where they don't, if they sell property, they found like ways to go around it like they always do, like Trump did, right? Like we seen just like a little bit ago. Like and Trump I, with his with his $750 taxes, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So they, they said, let's freeze this shit at this point. And they, they like corporations like Wells Fargo, Disneyland, big wineries, et cetera, are paying taxes from 1979 in property. So that's what you started seeing the decline of public education in California. And right now where we're at, it's 39%. But the way that they were able to keep control and keep that in check was because they tied it into homeowners. And homeowners are like, fuck, man, California's already fucking expensive. Shit keeps going high. Every time anybody talked about, hey, let's reform Prop 13, I was like, I don't want my property taxes to go up. Because fuck, I can't afford to live here anymore. So what's occurring now, after years and years and years of conversation in the community, like literally, I remember when I started organizing 10 years ago, I was like just learning about this. You know, I was just like, wow, Prop 13, you know, I started thinking about everything and people were having this conversation, like how do we reform it? It took years and years of thinking and polling and looking at it. And they came up with a solution called a split row, which basically the split row is you tax the properties, you increase the property values up to current state and you don't touch the homeowners at all uh, for corporations. So you increase the property taxes for corporations, right? And that money is going to come back to the community and schools and community service and parks and recs, et cetera, shit that we need in our neighborhood, right? So it's a way to reclaim $12 billion a year for our systems, right? So that's literally you're seeing, you're seeing right there how like white supremacy plays out in the polling places in a very insidious way, right? They created this in 1979 to keep wealth concentrated in the top 1% white people's hands. And they were able to partner up with middle-class homeowners and keep that power concentrated amongst themselves and destroy public education, right? So that, that shows you like, a really big reason why our schools in South Central, y'all know, right? You guys attended there are fucked up and we're missing shit. We don't have nurses. We don't have good libraries. Our fucking school books are fucked up. Our streets are fucked up. Our parks are messed up, you know, and it's mostly us. Our tax base is fucked up. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's uh, that's Prop 15. Did this prop, you know, it reminds me of uh, of uh, the concept of, of redlining. You know, and 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 how it's mm-hmm. just the redistribution or, or or reassigning of communities, right? Where white folks and and predominantly white communities, you know, always take the upper hand. And and you know, to just bring it in close to home is like downtown LA was part of South Central at some point, right? And it was bringing in massive amount of money to the community. It was part of District 9. And then at some point, they said, eh, we're taking downtown away. We're taking downtown away, and we're, we're going to 
we're going to put it in a different district, right? So now you've taken downtown and you've left the folks from South Central, right, with even less revenue coming in. So it just reminds me of that, you know, and how things are actually, you know, just managed on a, on a, on a consistent basis, right? Uh, our neighborhoods, you know, they, some people, you know, will, will just call me crazy. You know, I've had some folks, you know, when I was uh, a few years back and they would tell me, man, you, you're just crazy. You, you're, you're, um, what's that word? You're, um, no, but yeah, you know, it'll, it'll pop up. Watch some like it's happened before. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, but people would tell me like, you, you just skeptical, right? You it's, that's not happening. And you know, that's not true. Right. But it's like, if you, really take a look at history and you look at, you know, your community alone, it's like, you're going to see a lot of things changing. Right. Um, and, and I think that's, that's the important part, right. Knowing how your community looked at some point, right. in in history and how beneficial it was and how it is today, it'll tell you a lot about, you know, why things are designed the way they are. So I think that that proposition reminds me exactly of that you know and it's just it's crazy yeah 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 and, and prop 15 i know it's been like a hot topic already right like from previous years to me and so um and i think you know i think a lot of oh i'm a i'm a teacher in a, um in the schools prop 15 has been you know like a lot of in the union is very heavy with like um with like spreading information about why supporting prop 15 but i think they're just there's like i think the part that I think folks are missing out on, and or or maybe are like are left or leaving from this conversation, just like what you highlighted, is sort of it's like, and and David, like it's yes, it's take is taxing corporations, but funding, you know, funding the communities that have been you know left out for so many years, right? That have left out like that money has not been you know has not been allocated to these districts. Like I'm I you know I used to work at Watts, and like it's just like the stuff that is just you know it's like watch right now you know i think what we're talking about communities and you know when it's like when certain communities have more you know their homes are valued way more and property taxes you know like it's just it makes sense why watch looks the way it is you know like it's like people seem oh like people don't don't have their shit together in watts or like people don't have their shit together in compton well how can people have their shit together if there's no money coming from you know from the government into the community and right now it's like you know watts is a kind of like a you know being gentrified right it's being like reclaimed as like historic you know as a historic landmark and again why because i think people are like want to live there now right so uh but going back to your question about or just like talking about okay so if we get this you know prop 15 say passes um which you know, I'm hoping people do come out and vote. And I really do putting into existence that uh, folks vote yes on Prop 15 and the money is allocated. Now we got to make sure that we elect the people that are going to make sure that that money is being funneled into the spaces that are needed. Right. I think that that's what another reason why voting is very important at a city, uh, you know, district level. We got to make sure that the people we put in place are the ones that, you know, can make sure that this money or that propositions or any other are like, or for the community and by the community, right? So, um, but thank you for for sharing that struggle about Prop Fifteen. You know, I said in terms of, you know, what why is it important to pay attention to, to propositions like 
profit team, you know, have a lot to do with, with our lives. And at the end of the day, you guys identify that basically they're not invested in our communities, right? They're not invested in us. And there's a wealth concentration that occurs. And definitely it's based on race and um, keeping certain people down um, and keeping people divided, right? You see the division that occurred between homeowners and everybody else. Um, and even folks that were like, why should we pay for, you know, brown and black kids education? Fuck them. We did it by ourselves. They should figure it out. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like we all work here. We support, right? Like let's spread the wealth. Let's make sure that the fruits of our labor come to us. Right. It's basically it, you know, uh, and that's what it comes down to. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that, that was some good points right there that you were mentioning before on the other propositions. And you also mentioned you want to talk about Prop 21 and to help us determine whether if it's going to be a yes or a no that we would be marking our vote on. Yeah. So what uh, Prop 21, the reason I'm a yes is because uh, it gives more control for local governments to enact new rent control. Um, it makes it easier uh, for new governments to, to increase rent control to buildings uh, that have been occupied 15 years ago, right? Um, right now, it means that like all the new buildings would be able to get rent control in the city of Los Angeles um, and in other cities where there's a lot of development occurring. Um, and it would be easier for uh, uh, local jurisdictions to be able to say, hey, we want more rent control in our community, right? I mean, We've all seen our we've all seen homelessness explode in our city in Los Angeles, houselessness really. Uh, so this is definitely something that we need to take care of, which is like the skyrocketing mm -hmm. uh, rent. Um, and this is a way to be able to stop some of it. I mean, of course, it's not a silver bullet, but it's a big step in the right direction to solve the housing crisis that's mm -hmm. occurring right now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Over the times I've I've been growing up here, and I'm I'm from the valley. Just to recap. Uh, just I've been seeing it more and more, like people living out uh, outside under the bridges, or even having to make camps like a local park or by the like the wash. Uh, people have been living in RVs. I know it's it's tough times. Yeah, definitely it's tough times right now, and that's why it's important to engage in these uh, propositions. Uh, so that way we have our voices heard. You know, at the at the ballot box about local issues that matter to our community. This one, this one is interesting, and and Susie, I think you mentioned a key element when we when we talk about voting, and that is voting the right people into these seats, right? There was a motion not too long ago at the city council level in Los Angeles to put a halt, right, and to provide some some form of a safety for those folks who weren't able to pay rent right, during this pandemic. And let me tell you, city council members were the ones who said, no, we're not going to move forward with it. It's, things are going to stay as it is, right? So there, there were, um, there were a few council members. It was Mitchell Farrell. It was Joey Buscaino, como se pronuncia su nombre. Um, it was Bob Blumenfield. It was uh, John Lee, right, and Nuri Martinez, right. So, oh, and, and then Monica Rodriguez también. So, th there's these are people who have power when we're talking about the local level, right. So, again, I go back to the whole. I might not gonna. 
the presidency, you know, everybody talks about it and, and I, I get it, you know, it's important and it, it's, it's, you know, we got to cast in our vote. Um, but I like to focus at the level, local level. I feel like if we have the right people in these seats, starting at, at the city council, um, you know, then we have more representation, right? We have more people sticking up for us, right? And we, we can implement policies, you know, that are going to support us directly. And we don't have to wait, you know, for, for the crumbs to trickle down, you know, from higher up or, or higher levels of government, right? We don't have to wait. We, we don't wait for that. You know, we affect policies at the local level right away. So in addition to that proposition, you know, I think it's important for folks to just know at the local level who's running, right? What seats are open, what seats, uh, you know, are people actually running for, right? Uh, right now in Los Angeles, there's a couple seats for, um, for city council. There's a couple seats for uh, Los Angeles. I think it's a Los Angeles Community College District, Tambien, right? There's a couple seats for... LACC? Yeah, LACC, LACCD, right? So th there's a good amount of seats that are up for election and we need to pay attention to those, you know? My question to y'all will be like, so say, where do people start? Like if, if, like if they want to like, you know, try to find who's running uh, for city council, who's running in their, in their city or like more information about props, uh, where can, where are some like uh, good resources and reliable resources that people can like check out? I would say, I mean, there's like a number of uh, different voter guides that you could find on Instagram, right? Um, you know, that are reliable. What One thing to, to think about too, though, is just like where you get your information from and an easy way to to gauge what you should support and not support, which is super easy, just follow the money, right? So it tends to be that the um, the the thing that you, that gets the most funding in terms of propositions for for um, like you know the material you get in your mail, the commercials that you see, like all that costs money. The one the proposition that usually has the money, the candidate that usually has the most money, um, given by one or two people, three people are the ones that usually don't don't uh, don't help us out, right? So that's like a big one, right? Just like look at who's spending most money on what. That's like, you know, if you can follow the money, you can figure out what's good for you and what's not good for you, right? Like if you have a proposition that raise money from like a bunch of people in the community and, and labor and community organizations, and that's usually the one you want to vote for, right? Uh, if it's like a proposition that's endorsed, like say like Prop 22, which is endorsed by Uber and Lyft, uh, corporations, those are the ones that like you want to stay away from. Um, so, but you you could usually, I mean, I would I would say like in Los Angeles, you could look at Coco, which is Community Coalition. They usually release a uh, a voter guide that you can use is pretty good. Um, and you, I I also look at the DSA one is usually pretty good, which is the Democratic Socialists of America. They usually have a pretty good voter guide. They're they're good. Um, and other organizations, right? Like, but they're, they're all over the place on Instagram. You just got to be careful, like look at them, let them inform you, but like always pay attention too, though, because a lot of these could sound great and just be completely fucked up, like <laughs> telling you to vote for the worst people for the worst things. And it just sounds like it's great, you know? So 
Gotta be aware. Gotta be aware. You want to go with trusted institutions that you know have good politics. Again, Community South LA, Democratic Socialists of America, the scopes of the world. I'm glad that we can talk. And actually, like you brought up Prop 22, and actually I got an email from Lyft saying, uh, vote yes on Prop 22, the right path for right share. What you, and you know, it's and it's like, but from what you're telling me is like Prop 22 is actually gonna, you know, voting. We're saying voting no, right? Voting no on Prop 22, right? And that's the shit. That's where education comes in. And this email is like, you know, it's saying like, oh, support the the workers from Lyft and Uber. So anyone can look at their email here and be like, okay, got it. You know, vote yes, because they're talking about their rights. So I think, again, that's just, again, making sure that we double check our, our sources, right? Double check our sources and ask questions. Ask questions, you know, and just like double check your resources, make sure that you're getting your information from the right places, right? That you see that they're trusted community institutions and that you go deeper too. I mean, you you could look online and see like the different sides and what makes more sense once occurring. I mean, Prop 22 is simple, right? They say, oh, it's about making sure that Lyft drivers and Uber drivers could keep doing what they're doing and keep their jobs and et cetera, et cetera. That, uh, they, they usually say that, you know, when it's about worker rights. But what Prop 22 would do, it, okay, again, right? So last year, this shit started. You know, last year, they passed at the California state level, um, the legislature, the people that write the laws, right? The state senators and congressmen that represent the districts in, Cal- in Cal- California. We have our own go to Sacramento write laws. These schools wrote this thing called AB5. And AB5 basically said that uh, gig economy companies like Lyft and Uber Eats and all of that have uh, have no li- uh, have liability excuse me have liability for workers uh, con- working conditions if they get sick so that originally what how these gig economy things worked is that you're not an actual employee of these companies you're a subcontractor you're contracting with them. So because you're not an employee, they're not let they're not a uh, you know liable for your working conditions. They don't have to give a fuck about your pay sick days, right? Your uh, your insurance, your health care, none of that. All they have to do is give you a fucking paycheck and they take their cut. You're obviously an employee of them, but they're saying that you're not. So AB5 made it so that it made it easier for you to be defined as an employee of those companies. So it put them on the hook and made them liable for different conditions, but you had to prove it. You had to show up and say, look, I am an employee. You had to know how to go through the process. Of course, it's always a process, right? But you had to know that, and it was open for you to claim that you were an employee of Uber, an employee Lyft, et cetera. So what these companies did, they're like, shit, you know, our golden egg is going to disappear. We need to keep these people as contractors, or else we're going to have to pay them sick days. We're going to have to fucking pay them health care. We're going to have to care about how they work, their conditions, and that shit's on us. We're going to lose a gang of fucking money. This is how we're making money. So they created the Yes on 22 campaign. And what they did, right, this is crazy. They hired people from the hood to go out throughout the city, in the hood, anywhere. And they hired people that needed the work, right? But you've seen them. They would collect signatures and just be like, hey, get, keep uh, Lyft drivers, uh, uh, help Lyft drivers keep their work signed and shit. And people would sign it without knowing. So it got on the proposition. Now it's called Prop 22. You see it on on the TV. Yes, on 22. Yes, on 22. Yes. Like a gang, right? Like you'll see it. Like, and you just got a text about it right now. 
They're spending hundreds of millions of dollars on this. Lyft, Uber, all of them. And they're going against the labor union who represents workers. And the labor union is getting outspent, one to ten. For every one dollar the labor unions are able to 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 raise and spend on this, Lyft and Uber are spending fifteen, ten dollars on that. So they're getting hella outspent, right? So yeah, it's a yes on twenty two on that, right? It's about making sure that these people are responsible for the working conditions for their workers. Most definitely. Most definitely, most definitely. And, and folks, you, you've heard it yourself, right? Uh, Estuardo provided you all with some good information on, on places where you can get some info on, on the propositions, you know, on things that are, you know, where you can just educate yourself, right? Uh, I, I do want to take some time and, and, and give uh, or add an additional resource, and that's South LA Cafe. If if you're not in Los Angeles, or, or even, especially if you are, right? But if you're in Los Angeles, South LA Cafe has become one of the most proactive cafes that I've ever seen, right? From supporting community members with meal boxes to providing, uh, you know, book supplies to just, uh, you know, back before before this pandemic, you know, they had in-person events, you know, to build community. Uh, and, and and also to educate folks about the stuff that that is happening. So they have a little, uh, you know, just guide as to how to vote, right, or, and information on, on on the propositions and what's on the ballot. Uh, they also have a, a steps to plan your vote. So go go on to their IG page, visit their their Facebook, visit their their website, South LA Cafe. They have steps to register to vote, you know, and everything that's on the ballot. So that's another resource for y'all and. I'm a, I'm my last point again it's important for us to take power at the local level right yes upper segments of the government are important but if we have control at the local level if we control who seat who who takes a seat at the at the LA Unified School Board if we decide who seats who takes the seat at, at city council, who takes the seat, you know, at the Los Angeles Community College District, then we have more power and we have more influence on how to educate our our, our kids, our community, right? And what changes, you know, we can we can draft around our neighborhoods también. So Yeah, we got the power in our hands to change the future. Um, just like some quick reminders, right? Election day is November 3rd, just in case, you know, folks, um, you know, probably forgot or something. November 3rd, you can vote in person or you can send it via mail. Okay, you gotta make sure that you um, you follow up with all the protocols if you're voting by mail. Uh, the registration deadline is actually October 20, so it's coming up really fast. So just make sure that you are registered to vote, okay? Um, again, our votes and our voices matter, so we gotta make sure for folks that aren't able to vote, you know, whether it's our undocumented tío, tía, cousins, primos, family members, or or folks in their community that have been, you know, killed by law enforcement, they cannot vote no more, but we can, right? So if you're able to vote, all we're to, um, saying is to just make sure you come out and vote um, on November 3rd or send it via mail. I want to say thank you, Estrada, for joining us today, giving us some insight on definitive changes from really saying yes or no to those props. I appreciate you all for inviting me, y'all. I mean, really, I admire what you guys are doing, um, which is, you know, Three brown people coming together talking about politics. Um, and that's important. Uh, that's super important. And we're all in the same neighborhood, so we should be out there doing what we can to inform the, the community. And that's what y'all are doing. So I appreciate you guys. 
thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate you. We love you. And really take care of yourself. So, Thank you, everyone, for tuning in tonight. Uh, as you're strolling through social media, just remember to you know check out some of the Instagram pages that were shared tonight. Um, and just, again, just inform yourself for the best decision you can make. Thank you for joining us today on episode three of Cafecito con Conciencia. And you all stay safe, wear your mask, social distance, and go out to vote. Thank you. Thank you.